I want to talk about four knots that are similar in some ways, are somewhat interchangeable, not 100%, um, and are useful in our toolbox. Um, those knots are the overhand in the bite, the figure eight in a bite, the two loop figure eight, and the BFK or BHK. So we start with the overhand in the bite. Overhand knots are you know, very simple to tie. They've been used for a long time and they have a lot of merit in climbing. Sometimes they get kind of a bad rap, but ultimately they're a useful knot. Um, one of the things about the overhand that's a plus is it's pretty easy to tie and it doesn't take a lot of rope or it takes less rope. Um, and there's also less elongation in that knot. So as a, well, as a knot gets weighted and compresses, everything kind of stretches out. So in a system that you're trying to mitigate elongation, that knot can be helpful. Also in a system where you're trying to maximize the length of your ropes and you're trying to clip things in, um, you know, that takes less rope to tie. So it kind of gives you that last little bit of few inches here or there, which sometimes makes or breaks where you want your master point to be. Um, the downfall of the overhand on a bite is that when it gets loaded, it can be challenging to untie. And it is not um, the strongest knot out there, so it's definitely a weaker knot than, say, the figure eight on a bike. But, you know, it's it's fine for what we use it for. Um, some people will say that it, it reduces the strength of the rope up to 50%. And once again, it's because the of rope shear, we have tighter bends in the rope around the overhand versus some of the other knots, so therefore it's less strength. But, you know, you got to be really careful when you're trying to give a percentage of strength reduction on knots and ropes because that's very much like brand new rope in the laboratory testing so any other variations older rope fuzzed out rope you know it can drastically change how that falls out but it is not as strong as some of the other knots but it's really useful um, and you only get one um, bite out of that which is fine um, you know and as a master point you know for top man systems or base man systems or off you know extending master points off of um anchors you know it's totally fine the nice thing about the overhand on the bite that's another decent knot if you want to if you have like a core shot in your rope and you want to isolate that core shot you can tie an overhand on the bite you know once again give yourself adequate tail so an adequate bite you know so several inches um tighten it down dress the knot up and then you can pull that knot apart um um without it kind of rolling off the end of the rope so essentially what you've tied is is a a flat overhand or an end line overhand except you have a bite versus just two ends of the rope and once again those knots are fine as long as you have adequate length coming out of the knot and then you you dress it and tighten it down um, so that can be a really nice useful tool for um isolating a section of rope if you need to now you only do get one bite and that's not a big deal you know a lot of times people think that the master point needs multiple strands of rope and it does it does depending on the diameter of the rope and then therefore if there's any cut problems with the rope so any any issue with the, that getting cut so if you have a loop one loop coming out of an overhand that's and you're using a climbing rope that loops plenty strong so essentially when you're using nylon anytime you have a loop of material versus just a single strand you almost double the strength of that loop um, and that's because you get um, loading on each side of the loop versus on a single strand you get all the loading on one strand so even though you're using one strand of rope it is actually dividing the load to each side of that uh, um, loop so 
if you're using a really skinny cord, like say a six mil nylon cord, that's not going to give us enough strength just based on the numbers of how strong six mil nylon is. Even seven mil nylon, you'll probably, you're going to get close. You're going to be like within the range of full strength, 4,500 to 5,000 pounds. Usually though, um, when I'm thinking about a single strand or a loop with one strand in it, um, eight mil and higher is kind of like general rule of thumb for me is, is where I like to be. Um, a loop of eight mil nylon um, accessory cord is about as strong as one strand of 11 mil so if you have a top managed system and, and that's just floating in the space not a problem even if you have a base managed system and it's just floating in the space that loops floating in space no problem so it's it's a great knot I, I do use it quite a bit and it's worth kind of using but there are a few downfalls with them if we kind of step up a notch we go to the figure eight and a bite so the figure eight and a bite gives us all the same advantages um as the overhand, except it takes a little more rope to tie, um, and there's a little bit more stretch when, when the knot gets loaded and compresses, um, so there's a little bit more elongation that happens in the system. It's a little stronger knot than, than, the, fig, than the overhand on the bite, um, oftentimes considered one of the strongest knots to tie in the rope, but I've even seen studies there where, depending on the condition of the rope, it can be a lot weaker than we think in terms of the overall system, and it is, tends to be a little bit easier to untie than an overhand um, knot. Even though I have had times where I thought the figure eight, because of its extra twist, was a little bit had a, a little bit trickier sometimes to untie than overhand. Overhand's like once you got it going, it was like done. So, um, but same issues with um, you having a single loop out there as with the overhand. So it depends on if you have any issues where it being cut or size. Um, the figure eight in a bite is generally not a good knot to use like if you wanted to isolate that core shot of the rope because the figure eight is actually much more prone to rolling off the end of the rope than the overhand. So that's why it's actually better to tie an overhand even though it has one less twist than the figure eight. If you're going to use the figure eight as like an extended master point and then clip in the backside of that, that's fine um, because you're not going to roll it off. Um, anyway, because you're blaying off the figure eight itself. And I've done that for years, um, clipping off the backside of a figure eight and, and as my personal tether with the climbing rope um, and load that knot kind of sideways. And once again, you're blaying right off it, so it's not a big deal. You're not going to roll it off. I've never even had it roll um, a full rotation, full roll. So um, it's a great knot. So another nice knot, um, just a little bit more complex to tie, but not too much um, and a good useful tool. If we go one more step up beyond that, we have the two-loop figure eight. So it looks very similar to the regular figure eight in a bite, but you get two loops, also known as the bunny ear eight for some folks. And essentially, it's a slightly different way of tying it at the very end there that gets the two loops. The nice thing about the two-loop figure eight is it gives you two loops. So if we go back to the conversation about rope diameter and strength, it does allow you to have doubling of the loop, so you actually have more strength there at the master point, which is great. So you got two loops, which is awesome. Now, the two loops are cool too because you can adjust them because they're both connected by one strand of rope. So you can actually adjust the two loops to their offset and length. So you can do stuff like if there are two bolts and there are different heights, you can adjust it. You can even do uh, a quote-unquote self-equalizing um, version of that with a long loop and a short loop, which is a cool old-school trick that works every once in a while, even though it doesn't really equalize that well, but it's not too bad. And at the master point, sometimes having offset loops is really nice because it can make your system cleaner. So if you're going to do a belayed rappel and you're using two separate ropes, so the belay rope is one rope and the rappel rope is a separate rope, you can actually hook up your rappel side of things on one loop that's shortened 
and your belay on the other loop that's elongated. So that way you can kind of have a little less tools involved. So instead of using like a locker draw or a basket hitched sling, you know, to kind of create separation of belaying and so on and so forth, you can actually just offset the loops. Now, unlike what some people think, um, it's actually okay to just clip one loop and leave the other one free. It's not going to slide to the knot. Um, and I used to think that knot was not a redundant knot because essentially the two loops are connected by one strand in the back and they're connected to each other. So if you cut one, that it could pull through. I've seen a few different pull tests now where they essentially pull on one loop and the other one's cut completely and it fails at full strength. It does not pull through. And I've even seen a test where they took the third, that strand that um, connects the two that's kind of on the back of the figure eight, the one that you flip over the top and bring down to the bottom. And they've cut that one 90% through um, to simulate if, as if that had been wearing in one spot. Cause it would be almost impossible just to cut just that strand. And even with that, that one strand cut at 90%, when they pulled on one strand or both strands, it still didn't fail. So at this point, you could you can load that knot over an edge and it's going to be fine. It's just not going to cut. And you have a lot more rope there anyway. It's going to be harder to cut in general because of all the extra strands. So at this point, I've kind of changed my tune a little bit. And you're like, all right, if you have an edge issue, that knot is actually pretty legitimate because it's, it's just not going to pull through. So it's a really useful knot. Um, now, it is a little funny. Sometimes I'll see people like run a single strand of rope. Um, off an anchor, like a full strength anchor line, and they, and they want a single strand somewhere, and then they'll use a two loop figure eight. And I'm like, well, why'd you use a two loop figure eight? Like, they don't offset the loops. Um, they have full strength material. They don't offset the loops to have any benefit of organization, but they just like make a beefier knot where just a figure eight and a bite would have been fine. So um, sometimes that's an always an interesting question where people will take the time to make a more complex solution where it doesn't need to be any more complex like there's plenty of strength in this figure eight over here um, and you're running on a single strand behind it anyway so it's like well what's the point but this is what i'm thinking about and then the not above that would be the bfk or the bhk and that knot's really used a lot these days and it has a lot of merit it it is also kind of misunderstood a bit um so it's typically tied as an overhand or a folded back overhand is another name for it. You can tie it with a figure eight. Now that's such a big knot. You're essentially using four strands to tie that knot that you don't need a figure eight in terms of strength. The overhand is plenty strong because the bends are so um, mild. And since it's such a big knot, it's usually pretty easy to untie, which is nice. But I think the, the BFK is a little bit misunderstood and overused. So it's essentially being taught as like the master point. And when you tie a, a properly tied BFK, there's two strands in the front and one strand in the back. And what's being taught is that you should always take that third strand coming out of the backside and clip it either to the, the forward two strands or go all the way over the top and cap the knot. And... I just had this conversation the other day with somebody and they like, that's what, that's what makes this knot safe. And it's like, no, that's not what makes that knot safe. Tying the knot correctly is what makes it, makes that knot safe. Just like tying into a figure eight follow through in your harness and checking it and knowing that it's tied correctly makes that knot safe. Not that you added all these extra knots past it. Cause we know now we don't need to add safety knots to figure eight. You just tie your figure eight. Well, same thing with the, the BFK. The reason why that we teach to, to, close that system with the bfk is for when people are newer to climbing instruction they tend to be not as precise and accurate so oftentimes they'll when they're trying to tie that knot instead of tying a bfk they actually tie a slip knot 
And if you just have a slip knot and that third tail's not closed, because they look very similar, then if you clip into the master point and weight that master point, it could slip out through and then have catastrophic failure. So when you, when you stack them next to each other, you'll see they both have two loops in the front. They both have one loop in the back. But when you look at a BFK versus a slip knot, the BFK has four strands in the body of the knot in the barrel of the knot. Where if you look at a slip knot, it has two strands and the master point can slide. So you can always visually check the knot to verify what you have just by looking at, does it have four strands in here, right? Versus two. So that's a very easy way of checking that knot. So there are times and places where I do not close that loop because I don't have to. I verified that I tied the knot correctly. Um, and there are times and places where you don't even have that loop to, to close. I actually have seen um, a few um, videos on creating the slip knot and, and, and clipping all three strands as a conscious choice, as a way of tying a knot that would be easier to untie once it's been loaded pretty significantly. And it was still very, very strong. Um, that's something different, but you could do that. But once again, if you don't clip it off, that's fine. I oftentimes, if I'm, if I'm at like the apex of my anchor line, so I have two point anchor and kind of at the apex, you know, of the V, I'll oftentimes clip it off just as neatness, right? And also it's kind of nice to do that too in a busy place instead of just leaving it because everybody else realizes that that's what, or everybody else thinks they know that's what you're supposed to do. So if you don't do that, everybody thinks you don't know what you're doing, even though you may know more than they know, but they've been told that you're supposed to do that. Um, so I'll do that just kind of as a, as a you know, public image type of thing. But the, there are times and places when, when I don't, and a couple of examples would be if I'm going to build an anchor, a top manage anchor off two trees, for example, and I have an anchor line. So, and my anchor lines would be long enough to get over the edge, but I want my master point to be back from the edge. So I find it to be a lot faster and easier to just take the ends of the rope, tie them each off to their own tree, whatever method you want. I usually use bolins. And then from there, I just grab the two strands, pull them in the direction of, of loading that I anticipate, and then tie my BFK. So when I tie my BFK in that scenario, the third loop might be actually quite long. So instead of tying off one tree and then going to the other tree and either tying, trying to gauge how much rope I want to be where I want it, where the mass point would be where I want it and tie a, a, a bowl on a bite or, or to cope with a sling in there and use a clove hitch and adjust it, that's kind of slow. That method has merit. That's much more of a base managed setup tool than a top managed setup tool. So it's actually faster just to tie the knot to each tree grab the two strands, pull it the direction you want, and then tie your BFK. So in that scenario, all the extra rope's at the master point versus at the tree, but it is definitely a more timely way of tying it and less complex. You don't have to learn like a, you don't have to know a clove hitch. You don't have to know how to tie like a, a, a bone on a bite, for example. But I end up having this long third tail, third loop. And once again, I know the, the, the knot's tied correctly, so I don't end up doing anything with that loop. I don't clip it off. I don't cap it. I might even use it as another piece. Like I might anchor myself with that piece. Right? I might use it for something else in the system. So that's a great example of why I wouldn't tie off that loop because it's really long. Another scenario is say you build a master point away from the edge and you're going to do a base managed climb. So you have an anchor line that you're going to extend out over the edge. And what I can do, and it's just going to be a straight line from the master point over the edge. What I'm going to do is oftentimes take my anchor line, I'll double it up and I'll grab the two ends and I'll tie a BFK 
at the ends of the anchor line. And then, so what I'll have is a BFK, so the two loops on the top, but instead of the loop coming out of the back of it, I'll have the two ends of the rope. Then I'll, you know, toss my, my climbing rope over the edge, clip, you know, clip that into the, that BFK, let the, the weight of the climbing rope pull that knot over the edge, position it where I want, and then at the anchor point, I'll use some sort of hard knot or clove hitch to attach that to the anchor. Now at this point, I have this straight line going from the master point away from the edge, some sort of hard knot um, at, the, at that master point of the anchor line. Then I have two strands of rope running over the edge to that BFK at the very end of the rope. So that way I have two folds. I have two strands going over the edge that are independent of each other. So I have more cut resistance. I also have less elongation because now I have two strands going over there. So my, my ultimate, my master point over the edge won't stretch as much because now I have two strands absorbing that force versus one strand. But why put the ends of the rope over the edge versus the middle of the anchor line, which a lot of people do. If you tied the middle of the anchor line, you'd end up having that third loop that you could clip or cap. Well, this is the reason because arguably that's going to be where the most wear is of that rope going over that edge. Even if you have some padding, there may be some wear somehow. Maybe the, the rope goes off the padding or whatever. So what would you rather do? Have the, the wear closer to the end and just trim your ends off and still have a pretty usable length of anchor line left? Or if you have the middle of the anchor line going over the edge, right? And then you get wear there and you have to cut your anchor line. Now you just cut your anchor line. So you have two pieces that are potentially less than half the length of the anchor line. So it's just kind of a resource management tool over long in longevity. It's like, well, I'll put the ends over the edge because if I have to trim them off, I don't lose that much. I still have a, a fairly long anchor line versus the middle. I might have to trim, you know, I also cut my anchor line potentially right in half, if not more. Um, so that's kind of a useful tool. The other nice thing about the BFK, much like the two loop figure eight, is that you can use that knot when you want to have built in more um, organization to your system without having to add anything like a locker drawer or a sling. So essentially, instead of having the two loops of your BFK the same length, you can offset them when you're tying it. So just by knowing how to manipulate the knot a little better, you can actually have offset loops at your master point, which is a super simple way. It takes two extra seconds to do. And now, once again, you could have your repel system on one side i typically like it, like it on the short side and then your belay on the long side even though they can be reversed you can even have like for example if you're doing a releasable repel if you tie the sh the one loop really short and you put the repel on the short loop then your your munter and your mule hitch are all within the length of the longer loop so when you have the longer loop clipped clipped to your belay your belay and those carabiners aren't being affected at all by the carabiners in the munter and mule hitch on the repel. And then if you don't clip that third loop off, you can literally take your closure that we oftentimes do with that system on the backside of the mule hitch and close it off to that third loop. So first of all, it can't fail because the system's closed now because you actually clip something to it. And it, it just creates some more separation. So it's a little bit neater and cleaner. Um, so that can work really well as well. Um, as well. So the BFK is really useful. Now, where I see part of the problem is that where do we use these knots? When do we use one versus the other? Like I said, sometimes they're interchangeable, sometimes they're not. Sometimes I want to use the BFK because of the two strands and the way they're tied. Each loop is essentially 
independent of each other. So you cut one, it's, the other one's totally fine. Also, the nice thing about the BFK is that it takes up some rope. So if my, my, my ankle line is just a little bit longer than I need, sometimes just tying the BFK sucks up that extra rope. Um, and allows me to not do anything else that's kind of funky. Just like sometimes my ankle line is not quite as long as I want it to be, so but I want the two strands at the end, or the two loops at the end, so I'll tie a two-loop figure eight because it takes less rope. Or I'll tie the overhands on the bike because it takes less rope. But where I'm seeing it's kind of funny is like, once again, the example is someone ties a system that's a single strand of full-strength rope off a single-point anchor, right? There are times and places where that's totally legitimate. But then from there, to create their master point, they tie a BFK. And close it. Like, well, what's the point here? Like, you have a single strand running over here, and now you have this big knot that takes more rope to tie, arguably more complex to tie. Why don't you just tie a figure eight and a bite and call it done, right? A figure eight and a bite and an overhand and a bite are both totally legitimate knots to have at a master point, right? We talked about the caveats of that. Either you need to have the proper size material and or we need to have a situation where that single loop can't be cut. So there's a lot of times and places where that's true. Even at a base managed setup where those are over the edge, there's a lot of times and places where I'm just going to tie a figure eight and a bite and call it done um, and go for it. So think about your whole system. Think about the logic and balance of the whole system. You know, if you're just running a single strand of something or like say you just want to take your cordlet and clip one side into a bolt and the other side into the bolt, those only have to be BFKs on each side. Like I see that all the time. Like people tie a BFK as a way of a as a terminus knot to clip into stuff. It's like, you know, just tie a, f- you're using two points anyway, so you don't need that. Just tie a figure eight or an overhand a bite and clip it in. So there's a time and place for all these tools. Um, and it does come down to efficiency um, in terms of how much rope you need um, and the time and, and also why add extra complexity when a simpler solution would be more than adequate. So think about that next time you're out there and you have a choice between one of these knots.